Welcome to Alternatives to AA. This is Joshua Robinson, and I've been three years sober. And I'm Monique Robinson, and I'm two years sober. And we're here on a mission to help make the difficult journey of sobriety even easier to manage. Nobody in my world ever thought that I'd actually manage to be sober. So now we're taking what we've learned in the last decade to be able to help you too. And we're not against AA. We just need to learn how to manage the other 23 hours of the day. From communication to relationships to self-care, we're going to show you how to cope when your triggers try to take you down. Join us every Monday at 6 p.m. to uncover not only how to live without alcohol, but to thrive in sobriety and to swap out your addiction for a better life with the help of Alternatives to AA. So let's go. Hey guys, today on the podcast, we have Sonia. She has a company that she started called Everbloom. It's a place where like-minded people that like to go to AA, they just weren't getting certain aspects of like certain things that they wanted. For example, it's like smaller groups. Some AAs are bigger and somebody might want a smaller group. So I'll just hand it over to Sonia, and I was just going to ask, like, how did you start this platform? Yeah, so I had been sober for five years, and I hadn't really had, like, a specific pathway. I, like, did a lot of writing about my sobriety. Like, I worked on myself a lot. I was, like, trying to be as healthy as I could. And I checked out meetings, but nothing just, like, really resonated with me. And so I went through a really difficult time, went through a divorce about a year ago, and it was so traumatic that I felt like for the first time in five years, like I may not be able to stay sober. And so I was looking for meetings and I tried out a bunch, but the one I settled on, it was like 200 and something people at every meeting. And I went every day at like 8am. And so it was just like a zoom screen of like black kind of boxes. And so I just wasn't I wasn't going to share like in that environment. And I also didn't want to vent. Like I really needed feedback. Like I needed someone to tell me they had gone through something similar and I was going to be okay. So I looked for something where, you know, I could basically find a smaller group that a consistent small group that I would see every week and they would sort of get to know me. And so I wouldn't have to like repeat my whole story every time. And so I couldn't find it. I looked and I looked and then, yeah, I just was like, what if I made it? And so I started like mapping it out. Like, what would this look like? And I thought, okay, so everyone essentially, like the common denominator is sobriety. And then there's all the other things you can be going through. And so, you know, there's people in the first like 90, 120 days of sobriety. And it's like, they should have their own group, right? Like they are going through something really similar. And then there's people that are going through a life transition and even, you know, either a divorce or like even empty nesting comes up a lot, like people whose kids are leaving. And so everyone's just trying to like, you know, get their new identity and build a new life. And so I just was like, kept working on it. And I was like, there are so many potential groups that we could have, like, there's so many different things that connect people. And so, so yeah, I, I created it. And basically, the groups are small enough so that you can talk like it's a conversation. And so, you know, with AA, there's no feedback, right? Like there's no crosstalk. And so this is really sort of an alternative where you can really talk to each other and support each other and give each other advice. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I like the idea of, like you said, like, oh, these people have only been sober for 60 days or to 120 days because they have a different outlook on it than let's say somebody that's been sober for four years, you know? So 
And a lot of times I noticed when I went to the AA meetings is the people that had been sober longer, not all of them, but some of them kind of, at least this is how I perceive it, kind of looked down on the people that were just starting. Like they were like higher up on the hierarchy, which is not supposed to be like that. It's, it's everyone's, the main goal is to get sober and stay sober. It's not like you're a better person because you've been sober for five, 10 years. And, but I can see how that can get kind of easy because like I'm, I've been sober for four years and like a lot of my friends, I try to help out with their drinking. And sometimes it, it just gets annoying. You know, you just like want to shake them and say, just like do what I did, but they're just not there yet. You know? That's exactly it. And I noticed that in the meetings, like the first 90 days, like people are still trying to figure it out. Like they're one, they're just trying to stay like physically sober. And two, it's like they're trying to decide like they have most of them haven't made the decision yet that they're never going to drink again. Like they're still trying to figure it out and to have, yeah, to have someone come in who's like, I've been 10 years sober and that's the only option. And so, yeah, it's nice that they get that space to kind of figure out their own relationship with alcohol. Yeah. No, it's interesting too, because so they're all going through it together that the same time period. It's not like, it's not like they have somebody that's the leader of the group. So I, I like that too. It's more community based because when I went to AA, it was very much like, is, here's the leader and everyone just has to listen to what this guy says. And that's why I didn't like it because I honestly have a problem with authority figures. So that kind of dynamic didn't work for me. I, I wanted to figure it out myself instead of just somebody telling me how I was supposed to become sober. Yeah. And I think too, like now there's such a huge area like of gray area drinkers. There's such a huge community of that. And so, you know, there's a lot of people that simply can't go to AA because they're just not gonna, they're not gonna say the words, you know, I'm an alcoholic. And I think this gives them a space and they're, they support each other so much. Like we have a group Slack and you know, they'll message each other on a Saturday night when they're having like a craving and they'll help each other out. And it's just really like, I don't know, it's just really special to watch it too. No, it, it sounds, honestly, I I think I'm going to join it for real because <laughs> like, I do this podcast to kind of help me with my sobriety, even though I'm, I'm at the point where I'm like, I'm never going to drink again or else I know it's going to lead me down the path of like death or, or something like that. But no, it, ju it just sounds really just interesting and different, you know? I've, I haven't heard of anything like this so far, so. Yeah, I was kind of surprised that nothing like that existed. And so, but I also think too that I've been like, because the meetings are small, you can kind of like pivot really easily between what you're talking about. So if somebody brings something up, like, and the next person responds, and then somebody responds to that. So you'll see like the growth also of the conversation and, and they know each other. So it's not like, like, for example, if it was me in a meeting, I don't have to come in every week and be like, and so my husband left after 18 years. And I was, you know, they already know, like, they're already caught up on your story. Yeah, no, that's awesome. How, how big are, well, I guess it depends, but how big is like the average size for the group? Just the average size is about 15 people. And so that really kind of evolved over time. I had planned on keeping it around 12. But then you realize a couple of people can't show up on a given day, like they have, you know, a conflict. And then a couple of people just aren't in the mood to share that day. They've had a really bad day. So 
the goal is just to give everyone a chance to talk. Like at any point you can like come to the end of a thought, like start a thought, come to the end and get feedback. And so it seemed like 15 was like a really good number where that was possible. Mm, that's interesting because I went to Christian school and that's the size of, of the class. There's like, there's usually like 15 to 20 in each class. So, and when I went to public school, it was totally different. And I was just, I never felt heard there because you're just a number. And, and that's kind of seems like it was at your AA. Like that sounds like a lot of people, like 200 and something. Yeah. And that wasn't AA, actually. It was just like a non-12 step based community meeting. And so I enjoyed it, but it was more like, it was passive, right? It was like listening to a podcast. It wasn't like interacting, like you weren't really getting out any anything you were going through and then, you know, hearing anything back. It was just like you would like vent and then you would like retreat and then the next person would vent. And then, and so I just didn't, I see the point of it or, you know, but I don't, I think that there needs to be an alternative with something more. Yeah, exactly. And that's, that's why me and my wife came up with the podcast, just try to find like people like you that are AA just didn't work for them. And, you know, they're trying to find something that works for them because I was always frustrated. That's what everyone just said. Oh, go to AA, go to AA. But if it doesn't work for you, you're where you're left with. You're kind of left in the dark and it's a super scary, you know, time in your life when you're when you're going through, you know, trying to get sober. So it's it's so important to have a support system. So this seems like a really awesome idea that you made. <laughs> Thanks. Yeah, I mean, I love like the principles of AA. Like I love some of the like wisdom. I love the catchphrases. <laughs> But it hasn't changed in however many years. And I think a lot of people just don't feel like it fits them, even from like a demographic standpoint. I've interviewed a lot of people before I started the business. And so people would say, like, I don't want to be in a room with, you know, middle-aged white men, for example. And and it just doesn't feel like this is these are my people. But I think that's also the thing with AA is it changes from wherever you live, right? So you could be like in the middle of like Minnesota and it looks one way and then you're in New York City and it looks another way. And so, yeah, there's not that much consistency in the demographics. So I think people, you know, have an easier time when they know they're going to be sort of in a group that not necessarily looks like them, but is experiencing the same things. Okay. Yeah, I got you. And I was going to ask like how many how many people total are on the platform? Not that that really matters, just curious. Yeah, so we have like about 60 people on the platform. And so about four groups going and we have like almost a 1000 people that are like subscribed to our newsletter. And so definitely are thinking like, I think a lot of people too are on the fence, like they know that they have an issue with alcohol, but it takes, you know, I don't know how long it took you, it took me like years from the first thought, like I have a problem to like when I actually got there. So I actually like feel really strongly about, you know, I make sure I send emails to anyone who's subscribed like a couple of times a week, just like talking about some random topic. Like for me, like I like talking about being a high functioning alcoholic, which I was. And so there's like a million things. And I think a lot of people are too. So people usually resonate with the the high functioning didn't hit a typical rock bottom. So yeah, that's one of the more interesting topics. No, that is an interesting one. I think that's and then you don't really think you have a problem because oh I'm still I'm still doing my job I'm still I still got money I'm not on the streets right it's yeah. so you can justify it especially if you're a smart person you can really start to lie to yourself but in in a yeah, logical way 
so many like excuses. You're like, well, if I had a problem, would I be successful? If I had a problem, would I own a home? Would I have a marriage like that? You know? And so, yeah, it is really interesting. It's in it. I feel like alcohol sometimes is like sort of different than other drugs where it just, it progresses sort of like slowly. And so you sort of adapt to it. Whereas like, you know, if you have like a meth problem or something, it's like pretty obvious. There's not a lot of high functioning, like, yeah. And a lot of people can hide it well, you know, if, if they're just drinking at their house, for example, and don't go to bars and they're just, and like, I know a lot of people that were, are like that, just like they work hard, but then at nighttime, they kind of, you know, have those couple hours to themselves where they just go crazy, but then they drink their coffee in the morning and then, oh, okay, I'm good. I'm good. And then just, they just do that like the whole week and it's, but they don't think they have a problem because they're still functioning, like you said. So. That's what I was doing for like over a decade. It was like, I worked a lot. And so, but when I had those couple of hours, I would just drink until I passed out basically. And so I didn't have any other like mechanisms to like unwind or like deal with stress. It was just drink, pass out. You're right. Drink coffee, go to work, come back, drink, pass out. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of crazy. But so another thing I was wondering about for this is like so you said there's four groups like what are the different four groups that you have so far like so we have two groups that are in the first 90 days and then we have group for people going through a life transition and then once people are kind of past like 90 120 150 days we have a, a group for healthcare workers i was a healthcare worker and i think there's some special like issues with that when you have an addiction where you know there's issues like with confidentiality and so you want to be in a small group and also you know your work schedule is different than other people's and the things you deal with every day like being with the public interacting with the public in that way every day is like a different it seems like it's just a different type of stress that people really connect over okay yeah that, that is awesome so you don't have any ones for like people that have been sober for five, 10 years kind of thing? We're getting there. Like for sure that's on my radar because I've been sober for five years, uh, six years now. And so I definitely want to do like some over, over like a certain number of years. I think like the probably, I don't know. What do you think? Like probably like three years is the mark where you sort of like, like you kind of got it after three years. Like I, I got this. Like, I think I, yeah, this is like who I am now. I agree. Like, Unfortunately for me, I had four years sober before and I thought I had it, but I thought I had the willpower to have a drink here and there. And I went on a date and we did a wine tasting thing and I didn't want to be like, no, I can't do that because I didn't want to seem like I had a problem. And then I drank so much there. Next thing you know, like it spiraled out of control and I just celebrated four years again. But I agree with you. Like I think three to four years is when you really are like, okay, this, uh, my life is so much better now. Why would I ever go back to that stressful life that I was living that the whole cycle of this the up and down and crazy chaoticness of? Yeah. And I think like, I don't know, probably around that time, that was when I started to realize like, I need to deal with why I started drinking in the first place. Like before then, I just was like, you know, okay, I'm sober. This is great. Life is so much better. But I really hadn't like, wasn't ready to like dig any deeper into like, what was I self-medicating? Like, what's the root of this? And so I feel like, yeah, around three, four, five years, 
is when I started to think about like what caused this. Like, yeah. Yeah, that was so annoying that I experienced that <laughs> recently. And I'm, you know, I'm going through it again too. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so annoying because you're like, okay, I did this super hard thing. I stopped drinking. It's like that's probably like the hardest thing I ever did. And so you feel good about it. And it's like, oh, wait, now you have actually have to go back and look at why you drank and you have to figure out certain things. Like, for example, for me, like I realized that my mom was really uh, like not helping me out in a lot of ways and kind of just wanting too much from her son and I couldn't give it. And and unfortunately now I I can't even have her in my life. So that that was something that I, that I just came to recently. That was mostly because of having the baby. That was a whole nother thing just it wasn't so much protecting myself as like, I got to protect this baby. But I know I'm going a little off topic. I like also now do not have like a nuclear family. And so it is important to figure out like, what are your boundaries? And like, why do those boundaries have to be there? And it's like, because if I don't have them, I'm either drinking or like a dry drunk, essentially, like in my case. And so yeah, it's interesting that it's like, like, I thought like, getting physically sober was going to be the hard part. And then I was like, Oh, I have to figure out like what? Okay, I get it now. And it makes you like, I think it makes you like, look back at so many different like events in your life and be like, Oh, like, that's what was going on. And that is like a really Yeah, it's a strange feeling. How long were you like, had a problem with drinking? For how many years? I think that like, I started drinking when I was like 15 and then I was just a binge drinker. And I think when you're a binge drinker, it's sort of easy to be like, well, everyone binge drinks at parties and everything. But like mine was always just like a little bit worse. Like I was like getting my stomach pumped at the ER and like, you know, I was like falling and breaking my ankle and like just like a little bit worse, like losing my wallet, losing my keys. And so I binge drank for a really long time. And then when I started working full time, and so I, I didn't have to like study anymore at night. And I just started like drinking every day. But it didn't it seemed at first like, oh, this is what people do when they get a full time job, like you come home, you make dinner, you have a glass of wine. And so, so that went on for probably a little over a decade. And the binge drinking was probably like an, another decade before that. <laughs> so a long time I was drinking. Yeah, I was drinking for like over 20 years, for sure. Oh. So what made you like want to stop like when you got sober six years ago? Yeah, I just knew I had a business and I was selling it. And I knew that if I wasn't working as much as I had been, then I was like, well, what time am I going to start drinking? Am I going to start drinking like at three o'clock for like, like I knew that I had no other like hobbies. I had no other coping mechanisms. I hadn't really, I hadn't like developed much in the, you know, especially that last kind of chapter like the last 10 years I hadn't really kind of grown up in that way and so I I thought about it for a while and then I was like okay I know there's gonna come a day when like I think I was like waiting for something to happen and, and it didn't and then I was out with a girlfriend of mine for brunch and she was pregnant and I had like the most vicious hangover like I was like seeing black spots and I was like sweating and just like just a disaster. And so the waiter came over and was like, do you want a mimosa? And I was like, no. And I had never said no, I don't think to a drink ever. And I said no. And then I just kind of was like, oh my God, I can't. Like if I, 
I think it for, for the first time, I like played the tape forward without knowing that's what I was doing. But I was like, so if I drink a mimosa now, like I'm going to have to basically keep drinking all day or this hangover is going to kind of come back. And it was like a Sunday. So I was, you know, had been drinking really heavily Saturday. And I'm like, and then I'm going to have to wake up Monday morning and go to work and feel horrible. And I'm going to have like a multi-day hangover. And I was like, I can't do this any more. Like I just like wanted more like for my life. And so I was lucky that my physical symptoms weren't that bad. I mean, I was definitely like jittery and uncomfortable and had trouble sleeping for a while, but I wasn't in like a full withdrawal type. Like I didn't need to detox, which was lucky. Oh yeah, that is good. Yeah. That had, that happened with my wife, Monique. She, she had a really bad experience like when she stopped drinking because she drank a she would drink like like a whole liter like a whole vodka every day kind of thing so she um yeah. had a bad time of detoxing i think it's like a combination of like your your body and how much you were drinking i think that like determines i think there's people who probably drank less than me that had to detox and people who drank like more than me who didn't. So yeah, that's, that's rough. That's yeah. scary too. No, it's, it's so true. Cause like when I drank, I would drink like 20 to 40 drinks, but I never really had that bad of a hangovers and stuff because I was a pretty big guy. So it's just wow. different for everybody. <laughs> so yeah, I'm always surprised when people say they don't have hangovers. I was hung over for like 10 years, oh <laughs> like God. at least mildly hung over for like, and the only time I wasn't was when I was actually drinking. <laughs> yeah, I've, I've heard of people talk about that. Like the only time when they weren't drinking, people were like, are you okay? Because they got so used to the drinking that it was like their body could, couldn't could function without the alcohol, which is so crazy. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, I think I was getting to that point where like I was more comfortable with my personality when I was drinking. Like I was a more comfortable person. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, I was the same way. Like, without drinking, I, I felt like I couldn't go anywhere. I would drink everywhere. Yeah. Like, even, oh, we're going to the movies. I have to have a drink or two before we yeah. go. It's like, became such a part of your daily habits that when you stop drinking, you're like, how am I going to function doing anything? <laughs> anything. Like, it's weird because it starts, I feel like, when you start drinking, it's like, to party and to celebrate and then it's like when you're stressed and sad and then it's just like whatever like I'm you know I'm going to the mall let's have some drinks like it's like yeah it's so it's so interesting that it's like that we talk about it a lot in the groups which is like well what am I going to do now if I'm not drinking and it's like you got to figure it out you got to come up with a list of things that you want to do to fill your life with like things other than alcohol yeah that's honestly the the main point of the podcast is that we just talk about different coping mechanisms like i'll say what worked for for me like for me it's i like to work out to to get that good feeling and i like to like just take like long baths and stuff like that just to re to relax myself and but then other people they might like to watch tv and stuff or you know it just yeah. it has their own coping mechanisms but anything's better than drinking right <laughs> so yeah we had um somebody in a group who literally took like 10 baths in a week just to like like the first week that they were quitting drinking it's like i'm just going to take a bath i'm going to take a bath and it's like if that works do it yeah like whatever works. Like, yeah, mine is like, I didn't realize I was a morning person. Like I love waking up early. 
Uh, and it's like I hadn't done that in so long. And so, yeah, that was sort of my, it's not a coping mechanism, but it's like something that to look forward to and like a reason to stay sober at night is like, I'm going to have this great morning tomorrow. Uh, instead of being like, just like a little hungover and feeling like blah. <laughs> yeah. Not wanting to get out of bed and like, just being like, this sucks. And like, yeah. And then that turned into like having a really elaborate like evening ritual. Like I get into bed early and I like light candles and I journal and I read and like take a bath. And like, so that I feel like that combination then I like sleep well and then I wake up and it's like, so yeah, that combination has been like really probably my favorite. That sounds like a good routine. Yeah. It's, it's so nice to have a morning routine. Like for, for me, I do like a cold shower for six minutes. This is my thing. And then I go for a walk, like in the in the woods, with like a thirty pound backpack on. Wow! That's my my morning routine. So that's pretty fun. <laughs> a thirty pound backpack, like just to add weight for your. Yeah. Wow. It's like they they do it in the military a lot. It's called rucking, but now it's become kind of. I, I don't like running, so this is kind of like a way where I'm I'm still just walking, but with a little weight, so it's it's still like good for my heart and, and I feel good afterwards and everything. But since implementing that, which was only like two months ago, I do look forward to the mornings more. Like usually I'm like, I don't even want to really get up at this time. Cause maybe I don't have to do anything for a couple hours, but now I'm like, ah, I get, I get to wake up and do this. Yeah. It's like me time before the day starts. So I do it like early, like six or seven in the morning and no one's yeah. really up. And it's just like time for yourself with, before you know all your other responsibilities of the day it really helps like just give me like helps restore me and my energy so I, I can give it out to other people later on yeah it's amazing right like just having like how long do you go for oh i just i just go for like 30 minutes so not like crazy long like sometimes i go longer sometimes i'll do an hour if i have time but so it's not like a long routine and then i'll have like a coffee and i just feel like energized and ready to go for the rest of the day. So it's really great. Yeah, it's awesome. Just the routines in general. It's like, I don't think you can have routines when you're drinking. It's like everything just sort of is like chaos in a way. I would agree. It Honestly, probably one of the hardest parts of getting sober was being okay with everything not being chaotic. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> like 100%. I was so used to chaos that it was like kind of quiet here like what's going i mean i need to shake it up yeah (laughs) yeah and now i'm like i really try to like lean into the boring and like the nerdy kind of interests that i have and like i just like really i'm like okay this is what like real life is about like yeah just those things that you like you know yeah i think i don't know if you feel like i'm definitely a more serious person too now than i was i'm not as like bouncing off the walls and like oh, yeah gotcha. not like so like scattered or is that what you're saying or yeah definitely like not as scattered yeah not like jumping from thing to thing or like losing interest in things as easily like i have a lot more like focus i feel like and a lot more like attention like i have a much larger attention span yeah well, that's that's a good one to have right that's good. <laughs> no it, it, so this sounds like such a cool platform i i didn't really ha- like look into it too much before we did this podcast, but I really like where you're going with it. So I hope, hopefully like some people see this and, and they head over there. I'm going to probably head over myself and just like check it out. (laughs) 
Awesome. Yeah. And you know, if, if people are kind of like, Oh, I don't know if I want to join a group, like just check out a free meeting and see if it's for you before you commit to it. And you know, it's not for everyone. Not everyone wants to like participate and, you know, have an active conversation, but if you do, it's for you. Yeah. And I guess one, one other thing I had a question on is, do you think at some point you'll have, cause I think this is all online at the, at the moment, right? Yeah. So at one point we'll, Will there be the opportunity for these people to meet in person if they wanted to? Or is it just everyone's kind of like in different areas of the world, so it's kind of hard to meet? Yeah, everyone's in different areas. You know, I think for right now, I'm happy with how it's going. But for sure, if it gets big enough that we start to notice like, hey, there's 20 people from Atlanta. Why don't we kind of do like a subgroup for them and then they can actually meet in person? Like I'd be totally open to that. Like I think it just it requires like definitely like we need some growth so we can see some more data on like where people are coming from. Right now it's pretty spread out. Okay. Yeah, no, it's and and how long has has it been available for the company? So we started in the new year. So I started taking signups around Thanksgiving last year and then we launched it in January. Okay. No, it's, it sounds awesome. And like I said, I'll probably head over there and check it out myself because yeah. it just Please do. seems pretty interesting. Yeah, so I'll see you later. All right. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks for listening to Alternatives to AA. If you would like to contact us directly, please shoot us an email at alternatives2aa2021 at gmail.com. We also hope that you continue to join us on Mondays at 6 p.m., You can watch us live on YouTube. You can subscribe to us that way as well. You can leave us a five-star rating and follow us on Spotify. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, we ask that you please leave a rating and an honest review. We'll see you next week. Bye.